Welcome to the Compass Podcast, featuring Chris Shandro and the Compass team. We hope this message is just for you. Well, hey, thanks for joining us. I'm so glad that you are here uh, with me and uh, joining us for uh, this great new message series called Citizens. And last week, we actually started this new message series, uh, and we heard from the Apostle Paul who told us that when we become followers of Jesus, we also become citizens of heaven. Our identification changes completely. Now, citizenship isn't just about where you live, but it's about how you live and what you're living for. It's about the guiding principles that you have chosen to live your life by. And so for the next several weeks, we're going to talk about what being a citizen of God's kingdom means for each of us. And the first thing it means is this, is that we now belong to a new country. Our old country of origin, the place we came from, it doesn't define us anymore. Our new country does. And while that sounds really kind of straightforward and simple, there's a lot more to it. Because every country has its own culture, and every culture has its own weird kind of way of doing things. For example, tipping. Tipping is an almost entirely American phenomenon. Now, while nearly all other countries either don't tip at all or tip in really small amounts, somehow we have decided that giving someone 15% of the bill is the right amount uh, to give in order for someone doing their job. And we give more if the service is better. And we, we tip servers, valets, caddies, baristas, food delivery drivers. I literally read this week that Airbnb hosts are soliciting tips for good service. I mean, if tipping is the culture, why not take advantage of it, right? Uh, maybe a tip the pastor link in the comments section. But, haha, that's funny. But tipping is so customary in the United States that we've actually created labor laws that allow us to pay servers less than minimum wage. And the rest of the world just thinks that's crazy. But different countries and different cultures have different ways of doing things that if, if you were going to live there, you would definitely want to be up to speed on. If you're going to live somewhere, you better get the weird culture stuff. Just some, some examples of weird different culture stuff, okay? There are simple things like kissing as a greeting in France or in other European countries. If one of those places becomes your new country, you better get ready to get your kiss on from strangers, okay? But there's even stranger customs. In Nicaragua, they don't point things out with their fingers. They use their lips. So if you ask for directions that you're not going to get one of these, you're going to get one of these. So like, where's the TV remote? Oh, it's over there. No, not there. It's over there on the coffee table. They point with their lips. Super weird. Uh, you know how like on a, a nice summer day, you might want to go hang out at a park. If you lived in Denmark, you wouldn't go to a park. You would go to a cemetery because one of their cultural customs is they like to hang out in cemeteries. You might have a picnic date on someone's grave. And finally, the Yoruba people in Nigeria have this interesting custom that they use to show respect for elders. When an adult is approaching, younger women are expected to kneel when greeting them, and younger men are expected to lie face down on the ground. Now, you may think this is weird, but it's something that we have actually started with my kids, and I actually quite like it. When you become a citizen of a new place, you need to think like the citizens of that place think, and you need to follow the customs that they follow. And that's what the Apostle Paul is saying uh, when he wrote the letter to the Colossian church. 
And he, he says this in regards to our citizenship in, kingdom, in the kingdom of heaven, Colossians 3, verse 1 through 2. He says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Listen, when you become a follower of Jesus, you become a citizen of a new kingdom, of heaven. You now have a new life in this place, and there are new customs, new priorities, new ways of living in the kingdom of God. And that means that you must think like and understand and follow the customs that citizens of heaven follow. But this is, it's bigger than just changing countries, right? This is not just about moving to a new location. Following Jesus is a new everything. It's a complete new start. Paul continues to write this in verse 3. He says, For you have died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Now, this is important. When you become a citizen of heaven, you die to your old life, and you are raised to a new life in Jesus. And now you have this new, precious, empowered, purposeful, and exciting life of love, hope, and fulfillment. It's a new life that's found completely and totally in Him. Citizenship in heaven means that you have completely and totally crossed over from your old life, your old way of thinking, your old customs, and you've crossed into something completely and totally new. I mean, Look at all the ways that this, this transition is described in the New Testament. First, in 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life, it's gone, and a new life has begun. Peter puts, puts it this way in 1 Peter 2. Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your souls. Peter's literally saying, look, we're foreigners here. Our life here is temporary. We don't belong. Hebrews eleven thirteen is talking about those who've come before us in the faith. and says that they agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. And that they too agree, that they believe this, that, that this is a temporary home, but they're citizens of somewhere else. Ephesians 2, 19 says, you are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. We belong to something bigger that's not part of here. Philippians 3, 19 through 20, we talked about this last week, says that they think only about this life here on earth, but we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And look at how Jesus himself describes this phenomena of citizenship in heaven in his own words. In John 18, 36. He says, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. See, if Jesus' kingdom were of this world, he would have fought for political power. He would have fought for power in government. He would have fought for a kingdom. But Jesus knew he wasn't of this world. And he knew that about us too. Because he said in John 17, 16, that they do not belong to this world any more than I do. My followers, my children. In Jesus, we don't belong to this world anymore. We died to it. And now we are instructed to set our sights on the realities of heaven instead of the realities of earth. Because people who think, or people who belong to Jesus think Jesus' thoughts. Okay, people who belong to Jesus 
We think Jesus' thoughts. So what does that mean for us? What, what are those thoughts and realities? And simply put, it's this. They are things that either advance heavenly priorities or things that advance earthly priorities. Okay, and so, so if we're to think about heavenly things, not earthly things, what are earthly priorities? Earthly things are things like thinking about money. Like I need enough to buy what I want and need. Uh, we think about comfort. I want to live a comfortable life. Earthly things are, are thinking about power. I, I want power to do what I want. We think about control, control over our lives to, in order to work and live how I want and not be told what to do. And we think about happiness, which is the ability to have, have more circumstances that make us happy and have fewer circumstances that make us unhappy. Earthly thoughts and priorities are about a physical experience here on earth. And these things that advance earthly priorities, I mean, none of them are bad things. Most people would say that if you had all of these things, you have a really good life. And these are, these are normal human things that we think about. And, and all of them are about me, right? How can I make my life better? And earthly thoughts, earthly priorities say this. They say, I don't have enough. I need more. Or I'm not good enough. Or I have to get mine and let everyone else worry about themselves. And, and the big one, or earthly thoughts, are this. It's that my happiness in this moment matters more than anything else. And earthly thoughts are different than Jesus' thoughts and heaven priorities. So if we're to think about those things, what are Jesus' thoughts and kingdom of, of heaven priorities? Well, I mean, first is love. There's no greater need than to love God and others. Another is redemption. That everyone on earth can know him, his love and his forgiveness and freedom from their sin. A heavenly thought is to think about joy, which is an experience of God's presence that goes beyond our circumstances. See, heavenly thoughts compared to earthly thoughts, heavenly thoughts are not about a physical experience on earth, but about a spiritual experience for all of eternity, about who we're becoming, not what we have. And what's amazing is that when we focus on God's kingdom priorities, he has a way of taking care of our earthly ones. It's almost ironic the way that our, our earthly thoughts and worries are best taken care of is to stop thinking about them and to think Jesus' thoughts instead. Now, as, as I close, we need to set our minds on the realities of heaven. So let me just give you some thoughts that citizens of heaven need to understand and be thinking about. And these are just this is not exhaustive. These are just nine realities of citizens of heaven. And the first one is this. You are loved by God and worthy of his love. So much so that Jesus died to forgive your sins so that you could know and experience his love. Second, you were created perfectly in God's image just as you are, and you have a divine purpose. Third, you have a divine calling that goes beyond your career or your work and has an eternal impact Fourth, you are an eternal being whose life on earth is temporary. This is just a moment, a snapshot. And fifth, God cares about your needs. Your life and your way of being are always going to be the most satisfying and fulfilling when you live the way that God has laid out for you to live. And the seventh one is this, is that true joy, it surpasses all of our circumstances. So, so what's happening right now, how you feel in this moment are not as important as what God has planned 
and promised for you for all of eternity. The eighth reality of heaven is, is that you will never be alone. You'll never be alone. You'll never be forgotten. You will never be unseen and you will never be rejected by God because he is your heavenly father. And in Jesus, he has irrevocably invited you into his family, asked you to be a member of his family. And then the, the last one is this, is that you are God's voice. You are his hands and his feet. You are his messengers in this world. And if we don't reach people with the message of the gospel, there's no one else who will do it. It's time for us to think like citizens of heaven and to think about and live out the realities of heaven, about the priorities of heaven and about the promises of heaven. Are you not a citizen yet? Well, today the invitation is here for you. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the invitation for us to be part of your family, to be part of, of your kingdom, to become citizens of heaven. And I just ask today that you would help us, God, to realign the way we think, to realign our priorities, and to realign our minds around the things that are most important to you, Lord. And I just ask God, that you would help us to live as citizens of your kingdom here where we are, impacting those around us, making a difference in our world and understanding who we are in you. And finally, I pray with those who maybe haven't made that citizenship decision yet, but today they're ready to. Lord, with them I pray this. I pray, Jesus, I give you my life today. Lord, I surrender to you I surrender to, to think Jesus' thoughts and to live a Jesus life. And I ask that you would take my life, that you would forgive me of my sin. And that just like you promised in all of those passages in the New Testament, I pray that you would take my old life and that you would make it completely and totally new. Thank you, Jesus. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Thank you for joining us at Compass. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have any questions about Compass or this message, contact us at our website, www.compassbn.com.